My next guest is a fractional marketing director for early stage startups, guiding founders at all stages of growth in developing an impactful marketing program. Please welcome Shauna Armitage. Welcome to the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Patricia Bourgeois, Certified Business Coach. I am here to help you up-level, generate consistent wealth, increase your confidence, attract dream clients, and master your mindset so that you can fully own your power and achieve next-level results in your online business and beyond. Every week, a powerful conversation will take place with amazing guests, or I'll share from my experience to help inspire you to start and scale the business of your dreams while being powerfully you. The time has come to stop playing small, stop hiding, and stop waiting. Now is the perfect time for you to passionately pursue your heart's desire as the powerful leader you were born to be. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. I am here today with Shauna. Hello. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. You are amazing. I know you do amazing things for your clients. So take us on that journey with you. Let us know what you do, who you help, and yeah, give us all the details. Sure. So I'm going to try to make this short because it's probably a longer story to try to explain, but (laughs) I'm a fractional marketing director for early stage startups. And if you've never heard of that, you are not alone. So don't worry. I don't think my mom could explain to people what I do for work. But essentially, I saw this gap in the market for startups where they just didn't have the marketing support that they needed. And consultants might not have been a good fit. Agencies might not have been a good fit. So I come on board more as a team member to work on their marketing programs. And I love the impact that I am able to create for these small, scrappy teams who are working on scaling. What's the first step? Like, what's the thing that really gets them going? Like, the first thing you do with them? The first thing that I do with them is I give them my discovery questionnaire. A lot of startup founders, they're in it to win it. They're the visionaries. They really understand their... They're the problem that they're solving, right? Their zone of genius. So there tends to be a lot of things about marketing and growth that they haven't even considered. Mm. They're so concerned about building, they haven't actually thought about the scalability part. So that discovery questionnaire luckily really gets people thinking about what are the goals? What are the actual numbers I want to hit? You'd be surprised how many founders They know they want to grow, but they don't know what that means. Mm. They couldn't actually give you a a number that they wanted to hit or a revenue goal that they wanted to hit. So we have to be able to break all of those things down before we can even start talking about strategy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Amazing. So I know you also help them define a clear message that will resonate with the people who follow them or their audience. So what what's your best um, advice or, or tip to grow a clear message? I think it really depends what stage you're at. And ultimately what it comes down to is talking to people because 
I've seen so many times where we as founders, we will have this idea about what our message should be because we built the company around a particular message or a particular concept. But when we get it out into the world, we see that maybe it doesn't perform the way we thought it would. And a lot of founders aren't actually taking a step back and speaking to their target market or speaking to their actual customers. One of my favorite exercises is during a market study, you ask them the general questions, um, but ask them about what language resonates for them. So you can give them word choices or you can leave it open, asking them about what do you think I do or what value does the company provide for you? And there will be a lot of things that come up, these big light bulb moments that you never would have been able to have on your own as a founder because your customers provide so much outside and really valuable perspective. Yeah. So listen to your customers, (laughs) basically. Amazing. Absolutely. Perfect. So I'm curious to know, like, what are the biggest maybe misconceptions that the founders have around marketing and social media? What comes up the most that you're like, no, that's not it at all? (laughs) I think specifically with social media, because you mentioned it, I think that a lot of founders feel like there is just a formula, right? There's certain things that they should be doing. And if they're doing it, they're going to grow. And that's not necessarily the case. A lot of founders that I work with, um, they have solid social media presences, but we put that out in the world so that we've got a really great place for people to land, to have a connection with us, to that step up from the website, right? Where it's more of a direct connection, more of a conversation. But with social media, people think about having bigger numbers means better business, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're actually converting and creating revenue from it. Those are two very, very different things. So for me, with my founders, we're working on the lead generation piece and the brand awareness piece first, like social media is great for brand awareness if you're doing it right. But what are you actually doing to take that audience from social media and turn them into warm leads? And the answer might be that social media isn't the best lead generator and you might have to look to another platform or another strategy for it. But Specifically with social media, that can be tough because everyone wants to have a solid presence on social media, but that doesn't, that presence doesn't necessarily equate to profits. Absolutely. This is gold. Listen back to this. (laughs) Amazing. So growing up, did you imagine that you'd be where you are today and working with these founders, working in marketing, um, like Is this something that you've always dreamed of or like, what was your journey like? Oh my gosh, not even close. (laughs) Um, I grew up wanting to be a teacher. I loved teaching and I did various, you know, little teaching things from teaching dance classes to teaching in a preschool. When I was in high school, I went to school 
to be a teacher at uh, Wheelock College in Boston, which is a really big school just for um, education wow. and some other uh, jobs that, that work with kids. And when I got there, it was just so intense and all the standardized testing, which I'm not very good at. And I panicked. And what I ended up doing was dropping my double major. So I graduated early, but I had a a degree in history with a minor in education, which sounds cool, but it wasn't very valuable. (laughs) So I went back to school a few years later and got my degree in professional writing. And at that point, the economy was just tanking. Mm. It was 2011. Uh, I had gotten married a year or two before and had my son. So now I'm a (laughs) young mom with not great job prospects. And someone had suggested that I get into virtual assisting. So I went on to Elance, which is now Upwork, but that's not what it was back in the day. Um, And I started just taking on virtual assisting jobs. And through that process, I really learned that this writing skill that I had translated into a bigger career that was marketing. And there was more to it, right? There was strategy and the brand awareness and the acquisition and there's funnels. And I really fell in love with it. And I loved the customers that I was able to work with. So after a few years of working in small marketing agencies, I came on with a friend of mine who had started his own agency. And at first it was great. And then after a couple of months, things just started deteriorating in I wasn't happy with the way that he was treating the clients. Mm. He was not happy with me telling him that I didn't like the way he was treating the clients. And after six months, he fired me. And that was such a terrifying moment. I had three young kids at home. My husband was about to deploy to the Middle East for the first time. He's in the Air Force. So I just was at a point in my career where it was either – do it for myself or not do it at all. Mm. So within 30 days, I got my first client and I really started learning about being a business owner instead of just a marketer. And I've never looked back. Wow. Your story is so inspiring. Oh my gosh. I'm getting the chills. So (laughs) what would you say was the biggest thing that helped you get that first client in 30 days? What I would love to say is the thing that got me my first client was networking, but that's not true. What I wish I would have done was more networking. At that point, I got work. I got a paycheck because of the clients that were coming in through this bigger business. But being uh, a mom of young kids, working remotely for pretty much my whole career, I didn't build up a strong network. I got lucky is what it came down to is that one of the clients who had been working with the agency, when I left, they wanted to work with me, not with the agency. So they left as well. And that's when I got my first client. So I wish that my network had been stronger because my business would have gone farther, Mm. faster. But that definitely was my first lesson and really showing me that that I had been making good decisions, that having integrity and treating people in business the way that I 
wanted to be treated was exactly the path that I should be taking. And that was going to help my business take off. Wow. This is so good. Like this is a testament that that this client was like, wow, I want to work with Shauna. Like, I don't care about the rest. Like Shauna is amazing. That's like big, that's huge. Uh, and I'm just so happy for you that you did take that leap and that you did pivot and do your own thing. Like that's so, so inspiring. Um, and let's talk about, you know, like you have three kids, like how do you balance like being a business owner and taking care of your family? Like, how do you find that balance um, that works for you? Yeah. So I had three kids at the time. I now have four. Oh, <laughs> um, wow. Yes. We have a big family and I love it. Uh, I grew up in a big family and I love the vibe of the kids always having someone to play with. And it's just important for me to have that in my life. So trying to find the balance has definitely been hard. And one of the things that has helped for me is really putting up boundaries. I remember somebody saying to me early on when the kids weren't in daycare, but I hired a babysitter to come to the house for a few hours a day to watch them so I could work. Like you just work from home. Like why do you need a babysitter? And it's because this is a real business, yeah. right? This wasn't a side hobby. This required my attention. And I didn't want to be checking emails while I was taking the kids for a walk or to the playground. And I didn't want to be having my kids come in and ask for lunch and snacks and all that kind of stuff while I was trying to work on proposals or projects. So putting that boundary in place early was really important. So when I was at work, I was at work. And when I was at home, I could put work away and really focus on being mom again. And that has helped tremendously. And honestly, I think it really helped me take my business more seriously, mm. being able to separate the, the work and life that way. Now, that's all crazy now because of the pandemic yeah. and nothing is normal anymore. <laughs> but that was that was definitely a big step for me in the beginning. Yes, it's so easy to blend like work and family life. Like now with the pandemic, like, oh my gosh, like it's hard to like just turn off your cell phone and stop working because we're always on, right? It so is. setting those boundaries, like you said, is so important. So thank you so much for sharing that. I know it's going to help a lot of people. I ask this to everyone who comes on the podcast. So what does being a powerful leader mean to you? Being a powerful leader is, first of all, really owning your strengths, but then having the, the fortitude to step away from things that you're not strong at and empower others to do well in those arenas. Being a leader is really about uplifting the people around you and building a strong team so that you're not the only one who's qualified. You're not the only one who's doing all the things. So for me, it's definitely about being strong and understanding your why and doing what you do best. But it's also about empowering your team 
so that you can grow. Mm, so good. I love that. And I know you said, you know, like owning your strength. So let's say I'm like maybe lacking clarity around what those are or what I want to do. Like what, what advice would you give to someone who is really on that path of self-discovery? I think the first step for me is always just asking yourself what you enjoy because we tend mm -hmm. to perform better at the things that we actually like to do. So if you were just to sit down with pen and paper and write down the parts of your business or your job that light you up, that you want to handle every day, that's the best place to start. And if you were to look at what, <laughs> what kind of drags, what kind of doesn't get done well all the time, you'll probably notice those are the tasks that didn't make it onto your joy list. Yes, I love that. So you keep a joy list. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Love it. So do you have, you know, like any piece of wisdom that you'd like to share as we wrap up our interview? I think that now especially is a time for everyone just to really figure out what they're passionate about and to make sure that they're doing it with integrity. That was always one of the most important principles for me when I launched my business because We always think of business as this cutthroat thing and having to get ahead. But when I really started focusing on the things that weren't just good for me, but the things that were also good for others, I found that they got ahead. And as a result, I got ahead and everyone flourished. Wow. So good. Shauna, you are amazing. So where can people go to find you online and follow you and show you some love? Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at, at shauna.armitage. That's S-H-A-U-N-A dot A-R-M-I-T-A-G-E. I always thought it was a simple name, but nobody knows how to spell it. So you can find me on Instagram there and you can check out my new podcast called Startup Renegades, which is launching at startuprenegades.com. Yay! Congrats on your podcast. Thank That's you. awesome. It's <laughs> so exciting. Well, thank you again so much for being here. I appreciate you and I wish you nothing but success. Thank you for having me. So much fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. If you love this episode, make sure to spread the message, leave a review and subscribe. I would forever be grateful for you. I also want to hear from you and I want to know your feedback and your questions for future episodes. So don't be shy, say hi and send me a message at Powerful Female Leaders Podcast on Instagram. Until then, I'll see you on the next episode.